Yes, Lord, we, we need you. That's why we gather together, Lord God. Uh, we come together to meet with you, to be with you, to be refreshed by you, Lord God, to encounter you in a powerful way. We invite your presence here, Lord God. We invite you to speak the word that we need to hear this morning, that living word illuminated by your spirit. Lord, we ask for that, Lord God. Help us to open ourselves up to you, Lord God. Help us push off the distractions, Lord God, and be with you in this time. We love you. We thank you for your readiness, uh, availability, accessibility, Lord, to us. Amen. All right, good to see you. Take a seat, and we are going to uh, hit an interesting topic today, I think. So the question of the mixer was, what are you looking forward to? And I did overhear somebody say, Jesus is coming. All right, Jesus. Maybe it was just Jesus, all right? So yeah, we're going to look at that today. And that's question, Jesus, when are you returning? When are you coming? When is that next big event going to happen? It really becomes present in my mind uh, when I read bad news. And there's plenty of it, right? There's plenty of bad things going on. We got fires, a little smoke in the air this morning. We got a heat wave up in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, I lived up there. That's, that's shocking and weird. There's drought, there's climate warming, COVID, Delta spiking. All right, I don't want to bring you down, but there's a lot of bad things going on. Lake Mead, anybody? Nevada? I'm from Las Vegas originally. Lake Mead is at its lowest level since it was filled up. It's crazy looking. I saw some pictures. We got Iran appointing a new hardline leader. We got the Taliban getting back into Kabul. Things are a mess, right? Things are hard. Um, and when I hear these things, I'm like, Jesus, come back. When are you coming back? When are you going to come back and set things right? When are you going to come back and bring the fullness, the completion of your kingdom, your rule and reign? That is ultimately what we need. Maybe more personally, you had a hard week. You had some bad news, some bad health news. Uh, business is struggling. I don't know, things are tough in your life, and you've gotten to that point where you've asked Jesus, when are you coming? Come back, Lord God, come. So we're going to look at this topic of Jesus' return. We're going to look at it this week and next week. And it's part of our series called Multiplying. And the thing that I think God wants to multiply in us today is readiness, readiness. So let's see if we get there today. Now, if you want to find out about Jesus' return, if you want to find out more information about that, where, where's a good source to turn? Bible. I thought you were going to say like the Internet or YouTube or... No, you said the Bible. I like it, right? Because we got to go to the source, man. Let's go back to the source. Let's go back to what the eyewitnesses heard and saw Jesus say and do. Let's go back to his words. Unfortunately, we've ha we have them. They've been preserved for us, reliably preserved. And so we're going to look at what Jesus himself said about his return. Because you'll hear some wacky things out there. You'll think some crazy things, too. So let's get our thinking straight by going to God's word on this. All right. Jesus, in Matthew 24... 
Uh, when we get to this point of Jesus' public ministry, it's at the very end. This is the last week of his public ministry. He's in Jerusalem. All right, just the day before the event that we're going to read about, he cleared out the temple. Remember, he was very displeased with what was going on at the temple. It had become corrupt. He proclaimed in his actions uh, judgment against the temple system. And then we pick it up in verse 1. Listen to this phrase. Jesus left the temple and was walking away. Now, you might just glance over that, but this has actually happened in Israel's history before. When God left, God's presence left the temple before the Babylonians came in and destroyed the temple the first time. All right, so a little echo there. Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to the buildings because they were phenomenal. They were amazing. They were made out of these huge limestone blocks. They had gold trimming. These were magnificent buildings. Herod the Great, the reason he's called great, one of the reasons is he wasn't so great, but was the big buildings that he made. All right, they were impressive. Jesus says, do you see all these things, all this structure, all this amazing platform? Do you see all these things? He asks, truly, I tell you, listen up, not one stone here, and again, these were massive stones, not one stone here will be left on top of one another. Every one of them will be thrown down, and if you go there today, you can see where they were thrown down. It's crazy. All right, so Jesus isn't so impressed with this. And then as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, so they leave the temple, they go down across the Kidron Valley, they go up the Mount of Olives overlooking the temple in Jerusalem. When he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. The crowd's not around him anymore. And they said, tell us, they said, when, 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 when? That's the key question. When will this happen? When's, this, when's that going to be taken down? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age. So if you go through Bible history, if you go through the, how God works in the world, he gives a big sign when big things are about to happen. So when's the sign of, this, of your coming and the end of the age? Two big questions here we're going to look at today. Jesus is going to address. One, when is this temple going to be destroyed? That's a major event. Changes everything. The temple system is destroyed. That takes away the sacrificial system. That designates a change in order. All right, so that's a big deal. When's that going to happen? Second question, big question for us today, still future to us, is when are you, Jesus, going to return? When are you going to come back? You know, maybe with this COVID thing, somebody asked me uh, when I got back from sabbatical, like, do you think this is the sign of his coming back? We'll get back to that. But uh, it's, it's a big question. When will you, Jesus, return? And that's a bigger question because that marks this transition from this present age that we've been living in, that we've been struggling under, to the coming of the age to come. All right? And you have a diagram in your bulletin. I got a little geeked out. If you don't have a bulletin, take it with you. This is a, this is a simple image of the events that Jesus is talking about here. Jesus came in 4 BC. He was born all right, that's, that's really pretty solid dating there. Uh, and then Jesus' death, resurrection, and Pentecost, that was about 33 A.D. Uh, you, you might scheme it so it's 33 A.D., so 30 or 33 A.D. 
All right, this is all past for us. Uh, temple was destroyed. We'll come back to that, AD 70. Uh, and then today you see us. Uh, so we are within this church age. So uh, the beginning, this is, a, this is a term you should know because we're in it still today, is the church age. That's the age that we're in. That's the age that began with Jesus' death, resurrection, and Pentecost 50 days after his death and resurrection. We're still in it. It doesn't end until Jesus returns. All right, so have that in your mind because it's going to help you walk through the struggle of this age. Now, listen. Listen to what Jesus tells you and me to expect in this age that we are still in, that began with his coming and will continue until he returns. Listen to what he says. Verse 4, Jesus answered his, their question about when. He says, watch out. Be alert, pay attention, that no one deceives you. Okay, let's be, aware, let's be aware of that. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you're not alarmed. Such things must happen, will happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. So let's capture this so far. Keep aware of this. First, Jesus said, in this church age, in this age that we are still in, expect what? False messiahs. False messiahs. And there's an extra blank there we'll come back to, but false messiahs. Pretenders. Fake Jesuses, fake messiahs, people claiming to be him. And there have been several of these throughout history. Bar Kokhba in 135 AD. Simon Magus around the church age. Later, uh, we, we had Anne Lee, you know, was an imposter, a messianic imposter. Uh, there's even a Wayne, there's a Wikipedia list here. There's even a Wayne on this list. Wayne Brent, some guy, some tragic misuse of a good name. So... False messiahs, expect it, don't be surprised by it, and don't be deceived, all right? Be, don't, you know, you hear that weird stuff online, you get a, somebody send you a weird article, just chill, relax, don't be alarmed. This stuff will come, all right? Expect that. What else did Jesus say to expect? Well, he threw in there wars, these are fill-ins for you, wars, nations rising and falling. All right, since uh, the year 30 till today, have there been any wars? Yeah, just a few. I mean, actually, the amount of wars today compared to past history, it's, it's, things are actually pretty good now. I mean, in the Roman era, uh, Jesus' day of, of his public ministry, uh, the Roman Empire is still growing, and how did they gain territory? War. All right, and then about 400 AD, they... Uh, experienced the same thing that they had been dishing out to others, and they got conquered. All right, we had the Byzantine Empire, and then the Ottoman Empire destroyed the Byzantine Empire. There was the Mughal Empire. France had its thing. England, Spain, Austria, the Habsburgs, right? The rise of the U.S., Russia, Germany, Japan, World War I, World War II. Soviet Union was in there, right? Gaining ground. Today, we see China rising. They seem to be kind of a little bit of, aggressor, of an aggressor. Uh, Putin, you know, in the Ukraine, he's not much fun in there. 
So there's, there's problems. There's wars. There's rumors of wars. Nations rising and nations falling. Expect it. Expect it. It's the age that we are in. Don't be alarmed. That's good, right? Because it can, it can be easy to get sucked into that and just get thrown and lose focus on what's important. All right? Jesus isn't saying it's good. He's saying that it's to be expected. What else did he say? He said famines and earthquakes. All right, famines are often connected with disease outbreaks and plagues. You know, we could throw COVID under there, right? Is COVID a sign that Jesus is coming? Probably not, man. There have been way worse pandemics. All right, Spanish flu? You think this is bad? Spanish flu was terrible. The Black Plague, horrendous numbers of deaths. So I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying that it's probably one of the long line of things that we have experienced and will experience in this church age. This is normal life. Normal life under the curse of Genesis 3. Why do these things happen? Why is it so hard? Genesis 3, man. Genesis 3. When humanity first sinned, broke relationship with God, God frustrated creation. You can't be rebels and do whatever you want and throw off my authority and experience the blessings of an untarnished un, uh, earth. No, you can't have it both ways. The curse came in Genesis 3. Creation largely still is not submitted to God. I'm sorry, creation is not submitted to us because we are not submitted to God. We, it was different in the beginning. Creation in many ways, although still beautiful, is against you. There's a lot of nature that wants to kill you. Survival is a struggle. You know, you take away some of the layers of our modern conveniences, and bro, it, gets, it can get ugly fast. This old earth, including your physical, biological life is subject to decay and will die. We're all under it still. It's part of the church age. Why cancer? Genesis 3. Why hurricanes? Genesis 3. Why me? Right, that's, that's a question we ask them. Why me? Because we are still physically part of the world that is perishing. You know, outwardly, we are all perishing. That's the age we're in. But inwardly, if you are united to the life of God, if you've uh, received the offer that God has come to bring you of spiritual resurrection and new life, then inwardly, you are being renewed day by day. That's his salvation. The new creation untarnished by the fall, the curse, has begun in you the moment you were reborn. There's a part of you that's part of that future new creation right now. And there's a part of us that's part of this old, this old struggle, this old earth. The outward perishing is a constant reminder that you and I need God. It's a megaphone to rouse those who are separated from God. You need God. Call out to God. Call out for his mercy. Call out for his salvation. You need it. 
you, me, all of us will, we will come into the fully renewed creation, still future to us, new heaven and new earth, but that's still future when Jesus returns. Now, occasionally God heals people. He gives you a fuller taste of that new creation in the present. I love those stories. I've experienced that myself. It's awesome. And sometimes he does not do it. And they're all temporary. Oh, one of the most dramatic stories in scripture is Jesus Lazarus raising Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus went on to die. His bones are somewhere in a box in Jerusalem somewhere. He's with God. All right, your hope is not in Jesus fixing your hardships here and now. I'm sorry. That's not what he promises. This is what he promises that you can stand on. This is your solid hope. This is solid ground. He says, I am with you. No matter what comes, this side of heaven, whatever comes, I am with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm with you through it, and I'll get you to it. But right now you're in it, and I'm with you. And we're going somewhere. I will return and set things right. That's the promise you can trust. That's what he has said. Don't buy into promises he hasn't made. All right, now if you're sick, you're healed, things are hard, call out to him. Ask, ask seek, knock. Sometimes he moves for his, for his reasons and his purposes, and often he does not. He's like, I'm with you. I'm with you. Follow me. Jesus continues, more hardships we will go through before his return. I know this part isn't much fun, but we, gotta, we're gonna, we need to know this. We need to remember. Verse 9. Then you, Jesus talking to the disciples, those who are following the Lord, then you will be handed over to be persecuted man, and put to death. And you will be hated by all nations because of me, all people groups because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets or false teachers will appear and deceive many people. Expect it. He's telling you and me what to expect in this age. You hear it? Number one, persecution. Oh, it's hard. Jesus being straight up with us. You will be persecuted. Jesus was persecuted. First followers of Jesus were persecuted. Many of them were killed. Today, brothers and sisters in Christ, Iran, China, it's other places are being persecuted. Can you imagine being a Christian in, in Afghanistan today? We have to pray for our brothers and sisters. Persecution is part of this age. Next thing, people turning away from the Lord. Have you known anybody, loved anybody who is in the Lord and they turned away from the Lord? It's brutal. It's heart-wrenching. It's like, come on, man. No. Expect it. It, it's part of the deal in this church age, this age of tension where we're still under the curse and God's new creation is active. What else? False messiahs. We heard that one already. Prophets. That's the second part of that fill-in. Prophets or teachers. False teachers, man. What's a false teacher? He's talking about people talking about God, what he said, what he promised, what he did. False teachers are those who get away from God's word. The, God's word, the apostolic witness, is authoritative. 
when you start hearing stuff that doesn't line up with what God has said and done, you're, you're talking to a false teacher. You're hearing from a false teacher. Beware. It's important to know what God's word says. If you're unclear, go to God's word and evaluate that. Ask, hey, where does, where does it say that? You just said that. Where does it say that? Help me understand. This false teachers throughout church history, Marcion, Arius, Pelagius, Mary Becker Eddy, Joseph Smith, it's still going on today. All right, again, this is, this is kind of discouraging, this part, all right? But good to know. Be ready for it. Expect it. Don't get thrown off by it. Don't let it destroy you. You know, it's like, oh, Jesus said this would happen. I'm not saying that makes it easier, but it helps make it tolerable. It's not, it shouldn't be shocking to you or me. Jesus continues, verse 12. But the increase of wickedness, the love of most, will grow cold. Oh, I'm sorry. Because of this, the increase of wickedness, the love of most, will grow cold. Yikes. This, yeah. Sometimes I see this. But the one, here it is, you and me, but the one who stands firm to the end. It's a call for perseverance, a call for tenacity, a call for grit. The one who stands firm to the end will be saved, will come into the fullness of that salvation. Don't let it pull you out, these hard things. That's that next villain. Capture it. But you, brothers and sisters, stand firm to the end. Keep running this race, man. We got each other in it. We need each other in it. Let's keep running it well. Let that be you and me. All right. What else should we expect? Now, Jesus turns a corner here, thankfully. The next one's exciting. Some good news. Verse 14. And, so he's told you what to expect, and he transitions, and this gospel of the kingdom, Jesus' message about the kingdom, about the king, Jesus' proclamation of the kingdom, will be preached, will be proclaimed, announced in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And when you hear nations, don't think of political nation states. Think of ethnos. That's the word, ethnic people groups. All right? Will be preached to all ethnic groups, ethnos. And then, and then, the end will come, the end of this age, which is the beginning of the age to come. Oh, Lord, let it be soon, man. The end of this death plague age, right? The end of this time where God is gathering people to his kingdom. It's exciting. It's fun to be part of. But, man, it will come to an end, fortunately, because it's hard as well. Sin and evil will be fully removed in that age to come. Picture that. Imagine that. Now, sometimes I'll talk to a younger person, and we'll talk about this topic a little bit, and they'll be like, ah, I'm not I'll be like, oh, it'll be awesome when Jesus comes back. And they're like, I don't know. I'm not quite ready. There's some things I want to do first. And I get that, except it's a misunderstanding of what is going to come. What is to come is so much better that this, even the good here, is just a glimpse. It's a foretaste. And it's preseason NFL compared to the Super Bowl. You know, it's, it's what? It's the wedding rehearsal compared to the wedding itself. This is just, thank God for his, the grace that touches us all. But man, it's just a bit. It's a trickle. That in full, 
Bring it, Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Let it be today. Interrupt this message of mine. Come on. All right. So a question, though, it almost sounds uh, like something needs to happen before he comes here, right? What was it? The gospel, the good news message about Jesus, what he offers, what he's doing, what he will do, uh, needs to go out to all the nation groups in the world. Has that happened? Has that happened? Right? Now, Paul says, you know, indicates that it's gone out into all the world, but Paul contextually is most likely just speaking about the Roman Empire, the big cities at that time, because we know it hadn't reached really far off at that point yet. But this thing is, has spread like wildfire, man. Down, I mean, first century, down to Africa, all the way to India, throughout Europe, um, part of Asia. So has it gone all the way? Well, I did a little research on this because it's an important question, right? And I included a link on your bulletin. There's a, there's a great article there um, by this uh, group called the Joshua Project that tracks this. That's the progress of the work of the gospel getting out. There's another group called Progress Bible that estimates that there's over 2,000 languages still, kind of your first language. People groups have these first languages that they don't have a copy, a translation of the Bible yet in that language. And that's a big enough people group that it makes sense to, to do that translation. So there's 2,000. We still have some work to do, man. Let's get this translated into 2,000 languages. Uh, I was really inspired by this. Uh, I asked the share team, hey, can we give a couple thousand dollars to Illumi Nations, which is they do Bible translations. They direct it to these places. So OTC, you did that. You've, you've participated already in the Bible being translated. It's awesome, right? So I wanted to get more involved in this, right? I'm looking at Austin back there. He's with Youth with a Mission. They're doing this out in the field. But by some estimates, and these are pretty solid, they have set solid criteria, there are 17,400 distinct people groups in the world, ethnos. All right, that's a lot. You know, it doesn't mean there could be hundreds within a particular nation state. Um, 7,400 are still considered unreached. By unreached, they mean less than 2% are Christ followers. So some presence, but not really sustainable and uh, strong enough to be pushing out and evangelizing and getting the news out to others. Here is a picture of a list of 50 of those unreached groups, the largest 50. Uh, let's look at this next slide here. And, you know, we got uh, Afghanistan, Bangladesh, China, India, a bunch of people groups in India still, Indonesia, Iran. Um, Japan is, is largely unreached in a lot of ways. North Korea, uh, Nigeria, some areas of, of actually just one little people group in Nigeria, um, Pakistan. A lot of these countries, that's where Islam is the dominant religion, so it's really hard to be a Christian. It's not a neutral, secular country. Um, Hinduism, etc. So we got some work to do. So I'm like looking at this. I'm like, man, come on. I just feel like God was stirring something in me. So maybe he's stirring something in you. I'm like, let's start this unreached people's team. All right, unreached people's team. And what that means, I think, is we're going to have a meeting uh, probably on a Thursday. But if you email me and say, Wayne, I'm totally interested. Uh, let's do this. Uh, we'll find the night that works best. We're going to meet, we're going to research one of these people groups, and we're going to see what can we do. And we'll do that for a while, then we'll go on to another people group. So if that's something you want to be involved with, 
email me and we will do that. All right. So far, Jesus has told us what to expect in this present age, right? We've heard that. Uh, and he's called us to stand firm, to keep up the good fight, to run the race well. And he's told us to get the good news message about Jesus out. Get it out, right? You can start here, man. There's plenty of people here who haven't heard the message of Jesus. All right, start. Let's get it out there. Then verse, 20, verse 15 through 25, he switches to the question of when will the temple be destroyed. We're not going to cover it because the temple's already been destroyed. That happened in 70 A.D., happened past tense within that generation. All right, that prophecy was fulfilled, and it's big because it really indicates strongly that that old covenant is now obsolete. The new covenant that Jesus has established through his blood is the covenant that God offers and is calling people into. All right. So um, let's go on to verse 26 because he's going to pick up again about his return still future to us. What to expect. Okay, so he reminds us again, uh, verse 26, not to be deceived by rumors of his return. Don't get caught up into that stuff. All right? Why? Verse 47. For, he says, as lightning that comes from the east, uh, that, that way, from the east to the west, right? From the east is visible even in the west, just like lightning. And if you've ever been to the Great Lakes and you've seen lightning like light up the sky, it's insane. Uh, it's unmissable. For a lightning that comes from the east is visible even in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. That's his messianic title. So it will be when I return, Jesus says. What's he saying? It will be, again, unmistakable. Not missable. Completely obvious. You won't be, oh, is that, is that him? Is that, is that really you? You won't have to worry about that. It will be big and dramatic, and you will not miss it. All right? So we're going to capture that in a minute, but hold on to that. Verse 29, immediately he says, after the distress of those days, he's talking about the church age, including 70 AD, the temple destruction, but also the age that we're in now. Immediately after the, the distress of those days, he knows it's tribulation. He knows it's difficult what we're in right now. Listen what's going to happen. This is what we should expect, and it's big. The sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Okay, big, dramatic, unmistakable, uh, highly visible stuff. Now, this is a, a poetic description of really something significant, significant and dramatic happening, almost an undoing of creation, right? Remember Genesis 1? He puts the sun and moon in its place. Like we hear this, this story that captures how God created the universe, all right? This is being undone. Something is being dramatically changed here, all right? So we're going to have this, this event happen. Then, and Jesus is giving us the big blocks. Revelation will give you some more detail, but we're getting the big blocks. That'll happen. Then verse 30, then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. All right. Now, heaven, depending on context, that either means the God realm that we can't see right now or what we see right now, which is a little bit cloudy uh, today. Okay? The sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the peoples of the earth, we're going to ask, who is that? 
All the peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven. How is he going to come? With power and great glory. How did Jesus come the first time? In humility, humble, in lowliness, almost hidden, not in his second return. Jesus' transcendent glory, his majesty will be fully revealed. And when this happens, the people of the earth will mourn. I'm not going to be mourning. I, I'm, see, this is good news. Jesus' return is something to anticipate, to be excited about. But the peoples of the earth will mourn. Who is that? Well, it's those who persist in rejecting Jesus as Lord. For, for that group, it's not going to be a good day. All right, verse 31, Jesus comes, and he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, again, proclamation, uh, unmistakable, and they will gather his elect, his chosen, his called, his people, you and me, from the four winds, north, south, east, west, from one end of the heavens to the other. You, me, all who are in Jesus are going to be gathered together with him. Okay? Again, it's going to be big. I hope it happens soon. I hope I'm on earth when this happens. If I'm not, if I die tonight and he doesn't come back, I'm going to come with him. All right? With Peter over there. I don't know how close I'll get to, get to Peter, but, you know. Um, but this is happening. This is going to come. Jesus tells us more, verse 36. But about that day, this is important, about that day and hour, listen up, no one knows. No one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor, strangely, the Son, the Son of God, Jesus, but only the Father. Only God the Father knows. He's not revealed it beforehand, and strangely, not even to Jesus. That likely, likely connects with Jesus' voluntary submission to the Father as the Son, uh, but there's some mystery there. There's some mystery with that, but, again, don't miss the clear part. Jesus' return, next fill-in, will be, what we say, unmistakable, unmissable, and nobody knows when he will come. So you hear predictions, you hear little calculus equations, little algorithms being designed. No. Just say, Jesus says nobody will know. Why are you wasting your time with that? We get off track, man. There's plenty of work to do. We got to get the gospel out. Let's not be dribbling, dibbling, dabbling around with that. All right. Verse 42, with that all in mind, therefore, here's the key lesson for us, therefore, brothers and sisters, you and me, keep watch. Keep watch. That's like be alert. Live alert. Like, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. You don't know when it's going to happen. Don't get lazy and slothful and just like uh, consumed with normal everyday life, forgetting what, what you're part of and what's coming. No, keep watch. And understand this. If the owner of the house, gives a little picture for us, had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready. Be ready. Because the Son of Man, Jesus, will come at an hour when you do not expect him. That's our final fill-in today. Therefore, 
Big takeaway, live ready. Live ready. Live ready to be before Jesus face to face at any time. You don't know when you're going to die and go to him or he's going to split the sky and come to us. That is the way we are called to live. So I get to this, I'm like, okay, Wayne, are you ready? Are you ready right now? Are you ready right now, right now for Jesus to come? Are you ready for that moment, for that encounter? Okay, this quickly took me to some other questions. Wayne, what have you left undone? What mess in your life have you left unaddressed, right? What have you been wasting your time on, your resources, your talents, your energy? Like this, this call, this reality gets me focused again on what's important. What, what Lord, little L, have I been serving? Have you been serving? Is Jesus first? Am I ready? Am I ready for the reality that Jesus is Lord to be completely revealed and to step into that fully? Am I ready? Are you ready? That's a question we should be asking every day, maybe more than once. It's easy to wander and get distracted and lose focus. Are you ready? I tried it this week. It helped me make some better media choices this week. It helped me think about how to address and respond to uh, particular emails and calls this week. It helped me make decisions about what's priority and what's not. This is critical for us to living fruitful lives in Christ in this age, which is temporary, before the age to come. Are you ready? So let's tidy it up. Let's tidy it up. Let's be ready. Let's clear the deck. Let's clear that list that we've just let, you know, sit. What do you need to do today? What call do you need to make? What money do you need to send? What yes do you need to say? What no do you need to say? What relationship do you need to get into? What relationship do you need to get out of? To help you and me live ready this week. Okay, I'm off. Here's the big offer. This week, because it's going to be easy. Tuesday's going to come. You will be like, I don't know what the message was about on Sunday. To help you and me live ready to keep this up at least this week, just this week, let's start there. Here's what you can do. You can text the message at text OTC, right there, at text OTC. Send it to this number. It's not a phone number. It's just a code 81010. It's a thing that teachers use, um, schools use, and it's a, it's a texting thing. And uh, you can sign up. And I'm going to send at least once a day for this week little reminders to help you and me live ready. You're going to need it, man. You're going to need it. Okay. Why don't we stand now and we're going to pray. We're going to pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for this good news, Lord God, that you are coming. This age of tension, this distress, this tribulation will not end, will not last forever. We thank you, Lord. Lord, uh, fill our imaginations. Help us get our mind more around this. Let this become more a part of who we are, Lord, so that we will live ready, so that we will not be caught uh, in embarrassing situations when you come back, so that we will not be caught, um, you know, just wishing we had done things differently, Lord God. Help us make some good decisions today. Not just decide, but tell somebody and to walk this out this week, Lord God. Help us be people 
who are ready, living ready for your presence, Lord God. We love you. We long for that day. We hope it's soon. Amen.